Welcome to the show, and what a packed show that we have again today. We'll be taking a look at this month's highlights of Black Milkshake. We'll have Honzi on the horoscopes, and we'll also be finding the best place to buy a reconditioned Commodore 64. And we've got all your favourite uh, slots along the way. A wee bit of the profound truth based on reality, celebrity true or false, race happy hour. Plus, we're learning about rhubarb from America's most sexy TV chef, the Jella Rick Rocks. Mm. And that name alone just smacks of naughtiness, Jimster. It does, and we'll also have a brand new feature, slightly related, Yorma's Erection Section. Like the sound of that. And we've also got the comedian Bob Hennigan in with us chatting about his work. And of course, we're going to be partaking in scoops of intoxication along the way. Cheers. Cheers. Jim Kelly here from Jim Kelly Electrical to tell you we're having a massive sale. Big sale. We want everything gone. Commodore 64s must go. Atari 2600s price to sell. And the best prices ever on pagers, fax machines and transistor radios. Bargains. With prices this low, you'd think that we're going out of fashion. Fashion? Buy today and get a free gift of a state-of-the-art modem for use on Tinternet. Jim Kelly Electrical of Kilmore West. Come for the prices and you'll leave with the things you've bought. Well, that's probably what the actress did say to the bishop. Back on her reign, three, two... Yeah? <coughs> Excuse me, I, I was looking for studio. Is this studio? This is the studio of the podcast. It's oh, good, good, because I was looking for studio. So, Ray, you've done a lot of jobs. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, one moment. So, what would you say? Uh, look for the love of God. I'm trying to record here. This is a fucking studio, you know. I, I know. Mister Essen told me to clean studio. Well. Could you do it later? We're talking. Oh, great. I, I love talking, me. Love a little natter. Who do you think you are? Greg Aspinall. Look, we're trying to work here. What's wrong with you? Well, I've got a touch of tinnitus, whatever they call it, and a gammy knee, but I'm, I'm right. Okay, as you hear, Greg, we were talking about jobs. Now, what jobs have you done? Now? I'm a cleaner. Ah, here. Please give me strength. Hey, I've ridden an ostrich. The flightless, you know. This is a fucking madhouse. I've locked them out, pal. Get Gogo, the engineer, to cut that out. Exactly, we'll go straight to that Hansi shit on the phones. Hansi better not fuck up again today. I'm really sorry, guys, but I think I've got monkeypox or COVID or something. Very sick. Got to go. I'll make it up to you next month, I promise. G'day, possums. This is Dame Midnight Everett speaking from Wagga Wagga in Australia. I love to follow Ray and Yorma on Facebook. Don't worry about punctuation and capital letters. 
Just type Black Milkshake, the podcast, darlings, without writing the darlings. By the way, please tell a friend to listen on Spotify and Apple. Follow the boys, darlings. Your podcast needs you. Bye, possums. Now we have got a man who has been known as Mayo's most charming ball of misery, Bob Hennigan, the fantastic comedian and MC of Ireland's smallest comedy club. Welcome, Bob. Hello, guys. Hello to all in the ball. <laughs> in theory, Bob, seriously, it's in the blood. A huge percentage of our town, Ballina, our natural born comedians, pal. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm doing a gig there in a few weeks, Ray. And the thing is, there'll be, I'm hoping there'll be 100 people at that gig. And I know that at least 90 people in that audience are going to be funnier than me. <laughs> it's like, there's a quote by uh, Carl Lewis, the great sprinter in the 80s. What are you most thankful for, Carl? And he said, I'm thankful for the 15 guys in college who were faster than me and who gave up. So that's, that's it. That's it, Ray. <laughs> uh, Bob, if I may parlay over a wee minute, how long have you been in the uh, comedy lock? Oh, I, I only took it up last year, Ray. I, have, <laughs> I definitely haven't been at it for the best part of 15 years. Um, an overnight success. <laughs> an overnight success, 15 years in the making. I, I took it up as a, a, a bit of a hobby, and when I started doing it regularly, it started to become good at it, and... Uh, but that, that's just the kind of the way it went. So here I am now. I think that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you start to get a bit of a name for yourself and then suddenly people assume that you are this overnight success and you know, you've been tremendously lucky. And it, it really isn't like going on the X Factor or Ireland's Got Talent or something. This is, you know, you plug and no, plug and plug work. and plug at this. Oh, I, I've absolutely. been wasting my time for 20 years. <laughs> Oh, and the thing is, comedians who've been at it a while, you, you get so um, fed up when you see someone who's like jumped the queue. You haven't done their time in the trenches, lads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, yeah, oh, I've been out there in the in the piss and rain and go away to handing out flyers to French tourists who no speak to English, you know. And uh, no, we've done all the, the groundwork and now it's, um, I wouldn't say it's a success. It's, it's better than why. It's getting better all the time. And Bob will be joining us after a few more bits of nonsense. Celebrity, true or false? You can't handle the truth! True or false part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, and we're down on our local juicer, James Joyce, swapping stories and swigging away merrily. Indeed. True or false, Jimster, are you ready? I am. The world's best-selling music album of all times belongs to the Beatles. Are we talking? Is it is it one band? A band, a band. So, as in, the Beatles have sold more records than anybody else. Yeah, well, I can't give it away too much. Well, if it's the question that I think you're asking, I'm going to say yes. That's probably true. False. Okay. The best-selling album of all times is Michael Jackson Thriller. Yeah, that's because. I was asking you if you meant that question or the other way, because I knew it was Thriller if that was it, but I was getting you to clarify the question. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, Dougal. <laughs> but I kid you not, no one, I mean no one, can beat it. 
Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are you ready for question two, pal? Well, I hope it's a bit clearer than the first one, but yes. <laughs> I found that one clear enough. Sometimes I, I, I worry about you, Jimmy, after two or three beers. You listen back to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have fun probably listening back to that. Singer Billy Eilish's full name is Billy Eilish Pirate Baird O'Connell. Um, no idea who she is. Anyway, I could have answered who, which album had sold more records than anyone else, which band had sold more than anyone else. No idea who Billy Eilish is. False. Famous popular singer last couple of years. True. Oh dear. Parents must have loved Johnny Depp. They must have known, yeah. <laughs> so okay. I think one of them's void and I've lost one. <laughs> not getting competitive about things, but... You're not doing so good, are you, today, are you, pal? No, oh, I still think that first one's not really valid, but anyway. <laughs> Do you want me to go back and ask it again? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Can I get it right this time? Michael Jackson, Thriller. Oh, would you ever bite me? Okay, number three, Jimmy. Ah, oh, you're going to love this. Richard Allen. Drummer with Death Leopard is one-armed. Rick Allen is one-armed and he lost his arm on New Year's Day driving along the Snake Pass between Sheffield and Manchester, I seem to recall. Good skills. It was in his Corvette C4, mm-hmm. which had a dry stone wall and it entered into a field. Yeah, his, exactly. left arm, his left arm was severed, Jimmy, by the mm-hmm. way. I mean, if he hadn't have had a seatbelt on, he would have, wouldn't have just been the arm, would it? Would have been the whole body, but... Yeah. Um, but they reattached the arm, uh, but it was later amputated due to an infection. Mm-hmm. But he learned to drum with both feet, didn't he? <laughs> well, he did, he did. He yeah. built the drum kit himself. I, I, I didn't mean to giggle about <laughs> that, seriously. No. His nickname is the Thunder God. I have no idea why that is. Because the thunder noise of the drums. Mm, good skills, Jimmy. Hysteria was an animal of an album. Mm-hmm. It plus, certainly was. Yeah, plus... High and Dry. Mm-hmm. That that's, was probably my favourite one. That's a pivotal album, Jimmy. And I kid you not, it's 41 years old this month. My Yikes. Goodness. Are we getting old? My goodness. I was, I was listening to that over Christmas, which seems very recent, but it's not. But it's still quite recent. I know. We're avid fans of Def Leppard. We mm-hmm. love Def Leppard, going back to the 80s and uh, late 70s. I did prefer their first three albums, though, I have to say. Have to agree with you on that. True or false? Final question, Jimmy. You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Australian fisherman Arnold Pointer rescued a white shark, female, from debt two years ago, releasing it from the net. She has a problem today. She follows him everywhere. It's hard to get rid of a seven-foot shark when a great white sharks are protected species, Jimmy. Mm. But Arnold and Cindy have developed a mutual affection. Arnold says, when I stop the boat and she comes to me, turns on one side, lets me pet her, she grunts, squints, and flaps her fins happily, Jimster. That is fantastic. <laughs> True or false? <laughs> or is that too much to bite off, pal? <laughs> <laughs> um... You do see some strange things about odd bonds between animals and, and owners and people that have done things like that. I mean, you'd expect it of a dolphin. A uh, shark, we tend to think of nasty things. 
But I'm going to say I think that's true. False. Oh. <laughs> Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Will we tot up the scoreline, Jimmy? Well, I, I got the Thriller one, obviously. That's the only one I care about. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Rick Allen one. I think that was two. And were there four questions or five? Yeah, but in all fairness, I have to say, over the last couple of months, you have been on a 90-plus rate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just seem to have gone into the depths on this one. Yeah, well, I, I think when you ask me questions about Johnny and Jimmy Logans and people like that, <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> That's a different thing, isn't it? Anyway, I'll win next month. Ding dong, you're not wrong. How do you prepare content as a stand-up comic, Bob? I sit down and try to write things, and the brain just goes blank, and uh, nothing happens. Most of the stuff I write, it's either when I'm walking the dog, uh, or there must be something, the brain just relaxes. Or when I'm in the car in traffic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it must be it must be a great laugh for any of the other road users who are because I won't just say, you know write it down. I'll start to perform it in my head and do go through all the actions. So if you're at the traffic lights, you turn around. There's like mad lad next to you, like he's using the gear stick as a microphone and whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. I, I have a very long commute, and I find that a lot of my sketches get written um, mm. on the way to work in the morning. Really, really weird. Everyone else that I'm on this bus with is sleeping, and I'm trying to. And, and suddenly, I get this daft idea, and I'm sitting there with a pencil, giggling to myself. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you use the time. I mean, it, 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 this is wasted time, otherwise, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It must be something in the brain where the brain just goes, and relax. Wait, no, I've just thought of something hilarious. There you go. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. A wee bit of the profound truth based on reality. We have ignition. Strap in. And you've got it. A wee bit of the profound truth based on reality. Mid-life crisis shakers. I began drinking alcohol at the age of 13 and I gave it up in my 54th year. It was like going straight from puberty to mid-life crisis. False. (laughs) (laughs) We've moved on, Jimster. Oh, sorry about that. Now, Jimster, my podcasting partner, on the subject of midlife crisis as you're always game for a laugh mm-hmm. I thought it'd be nice and a bit of fun and a bit of crack and entertaining if I could ask you a few quick fire questions related to midlife crisis okay okay where you simply answer yes or no mm-hmm. not true or false okay true <laughs> <laughs> and feel uh, seriously and yes. feel, feel free to bang away revamp refurbish or just add to the question you dig Mm-hmm. Are you spending more time in the bathroom checking your white hair? Is this just yes or no? Yes or no. I know you're bald. <laughs> but if you had hair? I do get... I've got white hair that grows on my right arm, and that bothers me a bit. But it only grows every 
six weeks or so and then unplug it. Uh, so <laughs> marginally, yes. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Good skills. Are you thinking of getting a tattoo? No. Are you buying facial cream? No. And what else? Uh, wait a minute. Whatever you can possibly find to get rid of facial lines and wrinkles, Jimster. No. Getting Botox? No. Or is it Botox? <laughs> <laughs> Already got two Botox. Getting a back wax. My wife has a pair at home as well. Uh, back wax? No, not that kind of person at all. <laughs> Buying a juicer? Uh, a juicer as in a pub or something that does juice. Oh, that's the only thing I can think about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did think about buying a pub a few years ago, but um, I think those days are long gone, so I would say no. Okay. Last question. Renewing your wedding vows. Um, our wedding vows are relatively recent. Just that the year before COVID. Um... Well, ask me that one four or five years. As a great Irish philosopher once quoted whilst partaking in scoops of intoxication down in his local juicer, James Joyce, if you are a male, Jimmy, aged between 40 and 50, pal, I think I you may experience a sudden loss of libido. Don't panic, pal. Ask your secretary... <laughs> ask your secretary if she's seen it check under the sofa report your loss to the police mm -hmm. consider offering a reward for the safe return of your libido if after six months there is still no sign of it take up gardening pal absolutely absolutely or lots of those other new things that you can do that help you find yourself <laughs> like tattoos and face cream and all that <laughs> good skills good lad now, just reading through a few cuttings and things and speaking to you, it seems that one of the things that has affected you most recently has been your ADHD diagnosis that I believe happened during lockdown. Like, I always kind of figured there was something not right, and that's around 18 months ago, I just, you know, the, the lockdown, I, was just, I wasn't feeling good, and I was like, I want to get to the bottom of this, you know, I wanted it. To, to get some counselling. I was like, but I know there's something there's something else there. And uh, when I got diagnosed in January this year, I was like, yeah, now, now it makes all perfect sense. Yeah. It's been yeah. a little bit of a square peg in a round hole in certain situations. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. I, I think, what was the phrase that you used? I think you said um, that you, you wanted to discuss your recent ADHD diagnosis and how it makes your life so much better, meaning our life, I presume. Or our lives. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, it's it's win win for everybody. It, I suppose it, it, before I was diagnosed, it was, it was last year. I went uh, to fix the the fence in the back garden, and this is one of the things I didn't realize until I got the diagnosis. It was very easy. All I needed was uh, a drill and a screw to put up the wooden panels on this fence. So I went into the garage to try and do. I was in there for about an hour. And all I was doing the whole time, it's like you, your head starts, you, you see something and it's it, it just sends off all these, uh, this information. Like, you know, I'm looking at it, I was like, going in, going, oh, I want a drill. I found my drill on Blueberry Hill. Oh, yeah, looking up Fats Domino on Wikipedia uh, on my phone. And you look around and go, oh, what am I doing in here? What am I doing in here? And I literally, it was just like that for about an hour, just, you know, a, almost like a stream of consciousness kind of thing with mm -hmm. everything you've seen, everything mm -hmm. but what you went in looking for. And 
it, it's those kind of situations now I kind of go, do you know what? I might need to go with this written down on a piece of paper or something, whatever. Or just leave the fence fixing to somebody else and I'll go <laughs> and crack on with my comedy and uh, and the jokey jokes. And Bob will be joining us in a few more minutes. It's great. Happy hour. It's great. Happy hour. It's great. Happy hour. Shakers, what makes you happy? Deliriously happy. Gorgeously happy. Jimmy, do you want to go first? I'd think that I have so much immeasurable joy and abundance of happiness in my life at the moment that it's just too difficult to pinpoint anything in particular. <laughs> so, it's all on my shoulders. So all okay. over to you then. Okay. I had an absolutely fabulous 15 days with my family, my brother Tom. Oh, you did? Actually, who's an avid fan of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Great. And, Hello, Tommy. Yeah, and hopefully he's going to be on the show uh, in the coming months over Christmas for a wee sketch, Jimster. Great. Anyway, I went on a holidays with him and his good wife and his son. Fetier, Jimmy, I can't describe. Fetier, the gorgeous Fetier. Great holiday destination, south of Turkey. Fetier, home of paragliding. Oh, right. First-class paragliding pilots and instructors. The most amazing experience of your lifetime. Butterfly Valley, it's a must to visit. St. Nicholas Island tour, Jeep Safari, followed by a mud bath, if you go there. All right, okay. This was my eighth visit, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Wow. I've never been once. And I'm still going to return, actually. Mm -hmm. And you haven't been once in five years. I haven't. I've been, yeah, I've been here five years, but... Whether the Turks like it or not, I spend all my holidays in Greece and Scotland. <laughs> Each to their own, God bless But I'm them. going to Dalian next week. Oh, Dalian, ah, that's the home of the turtles, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Ah, nice mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Touché. Yeah, back to... Uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like it. Back to uh, Fetia. Cool heritage sites, pristine beaches and lagoons plus towering mountains. It's got the full Monty, the whole shebang, Jimmy. Fetier Old Town is also very charming. Seriously, if you want to enjoy a slower pace, and it's right up your alley, to make a short story long, holidays with loved ones and families make me happy, so happy, deliriously, gorgeously happy. Yeah, there's, there's nothing better, is there, really? There is nothing better than that. Something for you to look forward to all year, and then the minute you get back, you look forward to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as we discussed last week in the podcast, Ray, uh, you and I are both keen cooks, and we had um, the very interesting Montague Widnell with us. And this month, we have an even more interesting celebrity chef, perhaps, um, in the eyes of some. And this is a phenomenon, isn't it? It's it's sort of taken over the world. Um, Celebrity chefs, they're writing books, they're on our television once when a children's television programme would have been on on a Saturday. Now it's celebrity chefs. Um, Who do you like, Ray? Off the cuff, I have to say, Gordon Ramsay, Jamie Oliver. Yeah. But... Keith Floyd, Jimster. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he? I think he was one of the first ones, really, wasn't he? Mm. For me, for me, pivotal. Mm. Best TV chef for me, 
cuts off all the cock and bull <laughs> and yeah. gets on with the main job of slurping. Yeah, absolutely. He did a lot of that, didn't he? A lot of imbibing in a day when yeah. it was perfectly acceptable <laughs> to be drunk as a skunk presenting <laughs> he on loved. the television. <laughs> he certainly loved his vino and scoops. Oh, he did, he did. And one of the best bits was when he set the fire alarms off when on board while cooking. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. That was pure genius, one of a kind, RIP. Yeah. He, he was a genius. I believe he lived in Ireland for a while, didn't he? I think he, I think <laughs> Couldn't he have did. lived in a better place. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. He did, I can't remember where it was. Well, I, I don't know if you know who I like best, Ray, but I'm going to tell you now anyway. But uh, And in a new feature today, uh, we have the fab foodie Vigella Rick Rocks with her rhubarb surprise. Now, I can't wait. Um, due to our friends at Hackett Technologies in Cross Malina, Ireland, we have a little bit of audio and video, if you're actually in the studio, that we have taken. And we're going to head over now and join through Hackett to the US of A, where the lovely Vigella will be showing us her delights as we broadcast simultaneously with our partners at Dirty South Radio, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. What are you serving up for us today, Vigella? Hello, boys. This is Vigella Rick Rocks, America's most sumptuous and delicious TV cook. Today, I'll be welcoming you to have a good old romp around every corner of my kitchen as we try a little bit of sweet pie. There's nothing I like more than a firm <laughs> young pink rhubarb. And today, I will be showing you how to gently peel one and put it in my pie. We all need a little fresh, sweet fun. And if you see some of the ingredients I have here in my box, you will be salivating as much as I am. I'm hard-pressed to find much I don't like. But at this time of year, there's much more availability of that wonderful, juicy pink rhubarb, which lifts the senses and has that fabulous sugartiness. I like to call it forced rhubarb. They grow it in England, getting all that dark, moist warmth undercover and under candlelight too. Rather wonderful image, isn't it? This is my simplest recipe with homegrown rhubarb full of juice and flavor. It's terrifying the amount of sweetness in it when you are... <laughs> Caroline! Get the hell off my vegetables! <laughs> oh, I'm truly sorry for the interruption, gentlemen. It's hard to control my f***ing sometimes. <laughs> She's a little live wire and into everything and everyone. Can we cut that? I like a good roasting, so as much as possible, you want the rhubarb cut into lengths. Unlike some, I prefer a shorter length, or maybe even several. Put over the sugar, put some kind of protective sheath on top, and roast for 30 to 40 minutes. Then you've got this ridiculously moist pink compote. Caroline! The stupid little has ruined everything. She's ruined it. The whole thing is Young chickens may be soft and tender, but the older birds have more on them. <laughs> True. It'll take a lot more stuffing. Oh, how right you are. I was very amused 
see your video that you uh, posted this week about your driving fine. I think <laughs> you're speeding fine, wasn't oh, it? And, oh, you know, whether you were trying to pay the fine for somebody else, and obviously it doesn't matter what country yeah. you're in in the world. These jobs worth who work for government. <laughs> Tend to be a bit like that. When I first saw the clip, before I opened it, and I saw you sitting there in a car, I thought to myself, is this one of these contrived things? And I'm guessing it wasn't. Oh, no, no. That was, um, I nearly needed to go for a drink after that. That was that was very simple. Going in, to, uh, just, just to explain to the, the listeners, I, I'm Bob Hennigan. Officially, I'm Robert. I went in to, to pay my fine. On the fine, it was Bob. On my license, it was Robert. It was in Tubbercurry in County Sligo, Ray. I actually just stopped. I was like, I'll nip in here and, and pay this fine, just get it out of the way. And by God, I nearly needed to go to the pub and book in a and b for the night just to get the head straight. They couldn't get over how I had ID for Robert, but not for Bob. And I was like, well, officially, all my ID is Robert. You know, I was like, it's only Robert who ever gets in trouble. Ha, ha. And next thing, your one was looking at me going, what? I said, no, no, it's a joke. <laughs> For the love of God, just take my money. Take my money. And like, she was like, oh, they have to match. They have to match. <laughs> I, I, oh, my, head was, my head was absolutely spinning afterwards. So I, I had to make that video straight away. It's like a, it's like a little cathartic thing of like, um, it's almost like having a poo. You know? <laughs> a big meal. That, that's what the, 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 the uh, interaction in the the post office was like, it was like a big meal. You had to have a big poo and get out of your system and uh, get on with the rest of your day. I was an hour and a half there. Now, I, like, in, in the post office, I was, about, I was about half an hour. But then I had to take a walk and then I had to make that video. Uh, so it was like, I'm not leaving here until I'm drawing a line under this. And then you did Speeding out the road, going so long, Trevor Curry, giving them the fingers, and like then realizing, Jesus, I'm only going to get another speeding for here now. I'm glad that the poo was metaphorical and not physical. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I could have seen you getting a much worse fine for Bob or Robert. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'd be going to a different town to pay that fine. <laughs> Bob, you're a comedian, as we all know. In your honest opinion, which stand-up comic do you find annoying? Well, Michael McIntyre would be one. It's not even him. It's just the the cult of of, of him, you know? It's, I'm sure he's a nice guy. And, it's, it's, you know, it's a kind of obvious kind of humour. Like, but he, he's, he's like a modern-day Jesus. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to piss him off too much in case he brings me along on his roadshow. So, of course. Uh, I, I love on um, uh, Bob Mortimer often makes, he doesn't specify that it's Michael McIntyre or Peter Kay, but he yeah. often goes into this, do you remember when? Do you remember chocolate? Do you remember, do you remember dog yeah. shit? You know, and, yeah, and, yeah. and it is this kind of very, very basic. Yeah. yeah. Do you like references? Do you remember nostalgia? <laughs> oh, not as good as it used to be, Bob. Do you like that? You having some of that? <laughs> Shakers, that was uh, Bob Hennigan from Ballina, my hometown in County Mayo, Ireland. A tip-top bloke. Scrum diddly rumptious. Thank you ever so much, Bob. Absolutely fantastic. Can't wait for the next instalment of this. Good skills. Yeah, that's right.
Yes, that's right. What a what a jingle that was, eh? But this is the part of the show where ex-Dublin club and function DJ Ray Mack reflects upon a couple of his favourite erections over the years. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Ray, now, if you're ready, and in your own time, okay, all you have to do is tell me what you think is not necessarily the biggest erection, but the most meaningful. Okay, so li- listen very carefully. Have you got that? We're talking about not the biggest, but the most meaningful. A. Is it the pride which we all take when erecting a tent on a blustery day in front of our only son? Is it B, the 300 metre high and 18,000 giant Meccano piece set, the Eiffel Tower? Is it C, the fascinating glossal hair growth of honeybees when they're drinking nectar? Or is it D, hitting an unexpected speed bump on the bus whilst we're eating a corned beef sandwich? Now, this is a psychological test by the world-renowned Dr. Brutus Himmler Institute in Beltsville, Maryland. So before you give me your answer, which, which will help you at home to get to know Ray a little bit better, and it'll help Ray to... Um, understand himself better as well and find out how how he ticks so please remember I said the most meaningful and not the biggest so would you like me to repeat the questions I would love you to repeat them no hard feelings (laughs) (laughs) so which erection was the most meaningful for you was it the pride which we all take when erecting a tent on a blustery day in front of our only son B, the 300-metre-high and 18,000-piece giant Meccano set, the Eiffel Tower in Paris. C, the fascinating glossal hair growth of honeybees when they're drinking nectar. Those hairs really do stick up. Or is it D, hitting an unexpected speed bump on the bus while you're eating a corned beef sandwich? (laughs) God. (laughs) Were they all off the cuff? Uh, They they, they were. See, I'm going to go with one. You're going to go for the first one? Yeah. So I, that pride, that where you're actually erecting a tent, yeah, I, can, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. And, and to be honest, I'm not surprised that you said that. So, so you answered A, um, that the most meaningful erection for you is putting that tent up on a windy day um, in front of your child. And now, according to this, if I can just look at my notes from the Dr. Brutus Himmler Institute, this means that you are very thorough, and while you're tough on grime, you're also tough on the causes of grime, making you a bit of a hygiene freak. Could that be true? Absolutely. <laughs> you, you know me about hygiene, pal. <laughs> I do. But so does Dr. Brutus Himmler. <laughs> dirty old man. Yeah. Black Milkshake's Post of the Month. Top Shakers this month. Patty Hall, David Beatty, Michelle Dolan, Jill Neary, Davy Walsh, Paul Egan, Victor DeFort, Sib Sutterberg, Shane Taylor, and Nihan Hall. Post of the month comes from Jimmy, me, myself, and I. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm taking all props for this, pal. <laughs> I saw a bloke yelling, shouting, screaming his head off, Help! Shark! Help! I just laughed. I knew the shark wasn't going to help him, pal. <laughs> Bit fishy. <laughs> Jimmy, Cindy, our great white shark from True or False question earlier, mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. wouldn't have done that. She loves to squint, <laughs> grunt, and flap her fins. 
playfully pal. Oh, I bet she does. <laughs> Keep those great posts coming, Shakers, to Black Milkshake on Facebook. And remember, the podcast needs you. Thanks, Shakers, for listening to us today. We've enjoyed it as ever. Thanks ever so much to Bob Hennigan, Valerie Richards, Tim Hallam, Jim Kelly Electricals, George and Zippy Off Rainbow, James Joyce Irish Pub, Hackett Technologies, Cross Malina, and, of course, special thanks to the ever-avuncular Eamon McAndrew. Join us next month for another podcast. For contractual reasons, we have to have the malingering Honzi again. Greg the Cleaner and... And we've just had confirmation, Jimster, that Russell Crowe and our friend from a Chick FM, Istanbul, Turkey, Tim Hallam, will be dropping in for a good old chat. The podcast was brought to you by Black Milk Shake and was presented by Ray Mack and Yorma Kirko. It was produced by James Kirk and engineered by Eamon McAndrew. No animals or copyright were knowingly violated during the making of this broadcast. Black Milkshake Productions... 2022.